to Gifts of the Weird. I'm really excited to bring Christine Cunningham Ashworth with us today. And uh, she's going to talk about her uh, book about her brother, Scott Cunningham. And I'm very excited about that. That is going to be great. The book title is The Path Taken, Honoring the Life and Legacy of a Wiccan Trailblazer. Christine Cunningham Ashworth's true love is the written word. Her writing continues the legacy left by her father, novelist Chet Cunningham, and her brother, Scott, an icon of metaphysical publishing. Christine's first novel came out in 2011. Since then, she has published over 10 novels, numerous short stories, and a nonfiction essay collection. A native of San Diego, Christine lives with her husband, Tom, in Southern California. Hi, Christine. Welcome to Gifts of the Weird. Hey, John, it's great to be here. This is so great to have you with me. And I have to say that I'm really excited because although my typical path is more of a dramatic tradition, I started in the early 2000s with a local San Diego open Wiccan coven or open coven. And uh, basically what that meant was they weren't a closed tradition. They weren't limited to 13 members. And they were open to people kind of coming in and learning about paganism, finding their way in the path. And that was a really great experience for me because I was just trying to find a spiritual path that fit for me. And I discovered them. I don't even remember how I discovered them. I think on Meetup, it was called Witches, uh, Witches Meetup or something like that in San Diego. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll kind of go to a coffee shop and meet these people and find out what they're like. And I found that um, this group of people were kind of earth-centered and honored the the elements of the earth and spirituality. And they were a little bit more open about polytheism, which kind of fit with where I was at the time. So I was like, great, I'll stay here. Well, one of the, some of the early books that I picked up was Scott's. And um, it was uh, Living Wicca, I believe was his, was the book kind of, um, was it Living Wicca and then Solitary other way around. around. So I I got it in the right order. I just can't remember. I'm sorry. I should have done, I should have pulled those books out and looked at them. But uh, Scott was, uh, Scott's books were the first on my path. And, um, and I found that they really heavily resonated with the direction I was going in. And I really appreciated that. But there were so many books that he had written on the bookshelf of the little metaphysical bookstore that we had here that I had plenty to choose from. I got those two books and then I picked up a couple of others here and there. And then when I got into incense making, I got his um, book on incense and herbs. And and uh, that is still my go-to. I just want to tell you that that book is the first one I turn to whenever I need to figure out, do I need an incense for something? What do I need to put in it? And it's Scott's uh, book that I start with. That's awesome. So, so welcome to the the podcast and that we could talk about um, your book about Scott and your relationship with him and uh, the legacy that he left behind us. Sure. What do so, you got? First of all, share a little bit about your journey on the, the spiritual path or the pagan path. I mean, I forgot to ask you this ahead of time. Um, do you consider yourself Wiccan or pagan or tell us a little bit about that, please? Um, interesting. Okay. I... Yeah. I uh, really, I've, I've been around it because I've been around Scott most of my life. Um, we were both in the Methodist church because that's, you know, what the Cunningham family did. <laughs> but he was, while he was learning, he was experimenting 
And I happened to be there for some of those experiments. And so in a way he was, we were learning together, even right. though I was just a, an afterthought. Or his um, subject. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then I got very busy with ballet and, and just being a teenager. And then when I got married and moved up to LA, there was, that was a whole different lifestyle and life path. And I ended up getting a, a, what a quote unquote day job. And then that, that was my, that was my existence for a long time. And it wasn't until, well, I, I don't know how, but I seem to have acquired like four tarot decks, which I didn't realize until I started looking for these tarot decks, which I knew I had somewhere in the back of my mind. Um, and that was kind of what kickstarted it. And then going to the um, Northwest Tarot Symposium mm. uh, in Portland in 2018, that was another push. T 2009, Christopher Penzak asked me to write something about Scott for his for Christopher's book on um, ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And at the time I signed up for his temple of witchcraft level one class. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was, <laughs> I was partially employed. Life was just kind of really crazy. I still had youngish kids around and um, no, I had young kids. Uh, there were nine and six. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the mental capacity. And mm -hmm. uh, so I, I had, I told Christopher, I'm really sorry. I have to pull out. Um, but I have the, I have his book. I've got the recordings that he had at that time and I didn't do anything with them, but I have them. I still have them. And so it was way back then that I, I started realizing that, you know, this is a path I'm going to go, go to at some point. It's just not going to happen yet. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until 2018 when I went to Newt's and then, pagan gathering and that the whole ball started to get rolling again, which I'm very grateful for that it did. Yeah. And Christopher has written some amazing books. I mean, yeah. what inspired you to share your brother's story with the world? Um, I was at this pagan gathering in 2018 in Florida in, in October. And I gave a, a, a talk about Scott and I showed some of the the West, the Westerns and the men's action series books that he wrote. Cause I figured everybody'd seen all the other ones and I showed them a kitchen witch and I told stories and, and at the end of it, I had people coming up to me, hugging me and thanking me for sharing about the man behind the books because mm -hmm. he died so young. He died at 36. Yeah. So while he had a lot of books put out, he was just starting to do his speaking, you know, going to different areas of the country and speaking. And a lot of that got cut off when he passed away. So. I, and I mean, a lot of people who may look at his book on a shelf and wonder who is this guy? Because there's no internet connection to him really beyond no. the website. Right. I mean, he's not on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit, all of those <laughs> things. Yeah. So that was all the different, a different lifestyle when he left us yeah. uh, or a different way of publication and getting the word out and the whole speaking circuit was something quite different. I mean, if you weren't at PantheaCon or Newt's or equivalent conferences at that yeah. time, then you probably just maybe found him in a little metaphysical book somewhere or a store somewhere because 
I don't know, at that time, were his books in like Barnes and Noble as much as they were now? Oh, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but still, we didn't have the access to him then that yeah. we do to people now, do we? Well, there was, there were some bulletin boards that he was active on. Um, so people did get to know him that way. Okay. But still, that was a very small fraction because, you know, I mean, Twitter didn't exist. Facebook didn't exist. MySpace didn't exist. He, you know, he, 93, none of that stuff existed. Yeah. I mean, the and, internet was just getting started then. Yeah. Everybody had pagers, not cell phones. Yeah. You know, those old clunky pagers. But yeah, it was really that pagan gathering where after that talk, I was asked time and time again, you are going to write a book about him, aren't you? Oh, my. Right? You are. <laughs> <laughs> What did you feel when you started getting that kind of a response about people saying, hey, would you write a book about Scott? I was astonished, first of all, that they thought I could do him justice. Mm. And then I realized I was the only one left who could. Um, yes, he had close friends. Some of those close friends are now have now passed away, like uh, Donald Michael Craig. And Donald's gone now. And, and I never got to meet Donald. So I... I once I realized that I was the only one who could, I kind of felt like I had to. Mm. And it was also because my dad had passed away in 2017. It was, it was a cathartic, in a way, a cathartic journey for me because I was able to relive all these wonderful memories I have of growing up. Mm -hmm. And, but it was also, you never get over the grief of the people who are gone. I have my older brother, Greg is still here, but my grandparents on both sides are gone. My aunt and uncles on my dad's side of the family are gone. It was, it was good. It was good. I'm glad I did it. It was not an easy journey. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I heard the voice, I heard the voice of the people. <laughs> well, and, I'm, I'm really glad you did. Uh when this came out and heard about that you were writing it and that you were his sister, and I thought, oh, what a great way to tap into something. It's not just a autobiography. It's not just a biography of the man. It's a a memoir. It's it's a personal experience, a personal connection to him. And I I loved reading through it and your little your stories and and how you presented the kind of the timeline through it. It was very touching and special. Oh, I'm so glad. And I hope that as people pick up this book, that they will feel that that drawing back the curtains to kind of look into your family as you were growing up and experiencing that as well. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And you just presented everyone so well. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. So you are how much younger than Scott? Was it six years, if I recall correctly? Four. Four, Four years. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, what was he, uh, and you, you do talk a lot about this in the book, uh -huh. but um, just really briefly, what were he and Greg Light as? They were fine. <laughs> they were brothers. You know? <laughs> um, it, it, it's, there's a lot of, um, you know, you don't, you don't hang around with your baby sister if you can avoid it. <laughs> we did things as a family and, and it was just normal. And, you know, they'd roll their eyes at me whenever I'd did said something stupid or, you know, didn't understand the rules of a game. Yeah. Um, but they also took very good care of me. 
we'd walk to together to the 7-Eleven, which was just a block down the street in, in a very safe neighborhood. Um, and, you know, they were just, I'm closer with Greg now than I was when we were growing up because six years is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And um, losing our mom, well, losing Scott first and then our mom and then our dad, that brought us even closer together. That's beautiful. And, um, then Greg's wife passed away last last year in February from um, cancer. Mm-hmm. So that drew us closer yet again. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful he's still around because he was able to say, add, add things, add stories that I had completely forgotten about. So I really was happy to have him go through the manuscript more than once. Probably he only wanted to read it once, but bless his heart, he read it more than once. I am so grateful. Um, That's really great because that kind of jumps ahead to something that I had that I was curious about. And maybe we could just address it here while it's pressing. You include a lot of family photos and aspects of Scott's life and stories with you and Greg and the whole thing. Um, How was the process of choosing what you were going to share and which photos you would include? And you mentioned a lot about including Greg as part of the process. How, how did some of those come about where you were just like, okay, I'm going to choose this story or that story. And did Greg say, yeah, no, I'd rather you didn't talk about that. <laughs> um, how was that? Yeah, he, he never censored me ever, which was fabulous. Uh, he, he never said, don't say this, don't say that. Um, I did take a couple names out. So just, you know, for privacy Mm-hmm. But as far as the stories to tell, it was very much, I was going through a hard time writing fiction at that point. I was in, in, a, in a burnout situation. It was 20, late 2018, early 2019. I said, okay, I, ju- I just have to start writing this. I have to start writing it. And at least it's not fiction where I have to make things up. Mm-hmm. I can just write what I know. And I wrote that a part of the preface that has not changed since the day I wrote it. Um, and then the next time I went to the, to the book, which I think was probably four or five weeks later, I just sat down and I th- said, okay, what do I want to talk about? And so it was really whatever came to the top of my mind. Mm. Um, okay. I remember when he was diagnosed. Okay. Let's write about that. Let's write about his time in, in, Massachusetts when he was at Mass General. And then it was the time I found his wallet in the in a box of stuff mm-hmm. that I had from my dad's house that I had put in there from my dad's desk. Yeah. That wallet is now sitting in my desk drawer. I can't get rid of it. Um and then the long vacation, the epic vacation, that section took longer because I had to I had to get a map out of the United States. Okay, where did we go? <laughs> and did we did we go? Okay, yes. Yes, we did. Okay, yes. No, we didn't go through that section of this of this the country. Don't know why. We didn't hit every single state, but we hit a lot of them. And um that probably took the longest to write. But basically it was just whatever memory gave me. Um that must have been very um up and down for you with the joys, the sadness, having lost all three of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was emotional. Um, Tom was 
amazing. He was right there with me. Um, I got to say that it was there was a lot of fun stuff in there. It was just so delightful to read something that talked about the love of your family, the love of you and your brothers and your parents, and just the, the, the stuff that was positive and influential in a good way. Well, thanks. Uh, I had a very safe childhood. Yeah. And I am so lucky because I know so many people who had horrible childhoods yeah. and who are my age. So it's not the era I was raised in. It was the home I was raised in. Um, so talking about Scott's legacies, first of all, I didn't know he was in the Navy. So that was interesting to learn. For like two and a half, three weeks. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that was an interesting aspect to learn too that he started, I guess, conceptualizing the path of his path while he was there and how he was going to come through that. So he must have been starting, he must have been um, publishing and writing in that part. Do you know how that kind of got started? How did he decide to start putting it into a book format and shopping it around to different publishers? That's a really good question. And I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I do know that his first book... His oh. first book came out in 83. I, th I think it might have been Earth Power or Earth, Air, Fire, and Water. I'm not sure. One of those two. I think it was Earth Power. He shopped that to every major publisher in the country, and nobody wanted it. They didn't know how to publish it. And when he finally sent it to Llewellyn, um, they they took it, of course. and how did he start writing for it? I think it was an, a natural outcome from all of his learning and training because he started learning in his early teens and he went through several traditions and I don't know what they are. Sorry. He got initiated into at least three separate traditions. And I think there is a part of him. Well, I know there was a part of him that said, thought that he, this is knowledge that's too important to keep to himself. And, and stripping out all of the secretive stuff for the closed, the closed communities he was in, he wrote a lot of his own prayers and songs and things that he put into these books. And he wanted the little girl or boy who always felt out of place, who lived in nowhere land, Kansas or Missouri or Alabama, to have access to this knowledge that you know, you don't go around looking for a coven in those places and expect to come out unscathed. So it was easier to get that knowledge in books. And his books were in libraries, are in libraries. So you didn't have to have the money to buy his books either. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you knew what you were looking for. So I, I really think that, well, I know he was, he was writing in his mind two or three books way before his first book ever came out. So and that was in the late 70s and yeah. early 80s. And they're still being reprinted and produced. I know my little bookshop here in San Diego is always keeping his books on the shelf. And people yeah. are just buying them like crazy. So that's great. Not a single one of his books is out of print yet. Wow. That's quite a testament. Yeah. Considering <laughs> he died 30 years ago. And the amount of stuff that's being produced 
like monthly from our main, you know, our big publishers and stuff. I mean, they're producing tons of work and they have influenced a lot of the, the, the authors today. And that kind of brings me up to uh, the next thing. I mean, we've seen such a growth of LGBTQIA plus authors. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that Scott has emerged as a queer icon in the witchcraft world. Um, so how do you think that his, his identity and his approach to witchcraft and paganism uh, has influenced the perception of his work in recent years? Uh, well, his books aren't narrow. They're not written only for queer people. They're written for everybody. Yeah. They're wholly inclusive and it doesn't matter what you identify it as, identify as or what your abilities are. The energy is there. The magic is there for you to tap into if you choose. And I think, I believe that uh, I, I know he would be just thrilled with the books that are out now. And I really wonder what he would change, how he would revise his own works, if he would bother to do that, or if he would just come out with new, new works. I know that he felt he had so much more to write about and he didn't get that opportunity. And I would, I would love to know how his views would have changed over the 30 years and, and what he would um, be learning now. What, what new tradition to him would he be diving into? How do you think he would have adapted to the TikTok and the Instagram and stuff? Do you think he would be like really out there or would he be more of the... He was an early adopter. He got, his, he got my dad's old TRS-80 when my oh. dad got an upgrade. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was his first computer. So he absolutely would have gotten on the bandwagon. Absolutely. Now, what he would have done with that, I don't know. But um, he, I mean, he was on bulletin boards. Mm -hmm. He was reaching out to people on bulletin boards. And that's about as clumsy a, a path as you can possibly take back then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to have it so easy now. I mean, I love watching Selena Fox. Um, do her stuff on, on oh my gosh she is amazing she's awesome yes. and and i i think scott would have been right there with her you know well i mean he did that um he did a videotape on herbs and i so i mean he was an early adopter and i really think he would have been right there in the middle of everything that's super i think it's really cool that you talk about that about Scott because yeah he was uh, like you said an early adopter and he kind of started moving in that direction right away so let's talk about the book itself so um, you, you took it through a really wonderful progression and I really enjoyed that reading it and a lot of times I was reading it at night or later in the evening and I would get to the end of the chapter and I'm like, oh, I want to can't kind of keep going, but I'm like, it's late and I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> so um, to me, it was definitely an, a, a very interesting guide through. I just was really delighted in the stories that you brought up. And you had a lot of testimonials within the book from different people. You had a lot of contributions from them in the pagan world. Why do you think it was important to include that as part of the book? It's a different way that I think that people, when they create a memoir or a biography of somebody, of including such very interesting and detailed stories. I got some early feedback that, now this is back when, after Greg had put the book in chronological order, 
I got some early feedback that, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't going to set the world on fire. And so I went to my circle. I have a circle of friends um, that we meet once a month online to just sort of reconnect and, and, you know, be there for each other. And, and so I was talking about the book and I'm like, I don't know what to do because would anybody like to read it and help me? And so Beverly Frabel and Amber Highland both offered to read it. And Beverly got back to me within a week and she said, okay, what if she goes, what I would really be interested in is I would like to know what Scott's, um, astrological chart look like and i'd like to know his numerology and you know so what if you asked people if they'd be willing to contribute and I, oh well that's a good idea i could do that so then i started asking and um benabelle when bless her i'd met her once prior to this and she said yes sign me up i'm there so she did scott's um astrological chart nancy hendrickson also, I had not met her at this point, but I, we were friends online and she said, yes, absolutely. I'd be happy to help with the numerology. And then I thought, you know, Dorothy Morrison, maybe I can get Dorothy to write some stuff for me. And so she agreed. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then Weiser also got a couple people. Nicholas Pearson wrote about Scott and I mean, it was just, and I hadn't even met him at that point. And so it was really, it was nice. It was, it was wonderful seeing these stories come in. And th then much later, Amber came back to me and she said, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here. That's not about Scott. You might want to take that out because it was about my grandparents and their journey and my dad and, and, and the family moving from Nebraska to Oregon and, because of the Dust Bowl in the 40s and or the 30s rather and um so I ended up taking that out and the book was almost ready to go for proposal and then so I'm filling out the little proposal form mm -hmm. and then it comes to the part where it says um attach you know the or put in the first your first chapter or first two chapters of the book so I went to the book and I looked at it and the first chapter was so boring. It was so boring. I went, oh my God, I can't do this. I cannot do this. If I do, no one's going to buy it. Um, I'll have to self-publish it and we'll sell two copies. So I ended up rewriting the whole thing and mainly rearranging it. And I realized this has to be an emotional journey, not a chronological journey. And I took out about... 25,000 words. Wow. Yeah. And I ended up putting back about 15,000 words that were important and some extra stories got tossed in at that time, but it was, it was, a, it was a journey. I mean, this book took me four years to write Yeah, because I couldn't just sit down and write it like a fiction novel. I would have been a wreck if I had, um, <laughs> I, I needed the time away. But once, once I got it into that emotional journey flow, I didn't know where to put those pieces from other people. So as I got them in, I just tacked them on at the end because I didn't know where else to put them. And God bless the copy editor at Weiser. <laughs> He's the one that put the pieces 
in the order that it's in in the book. And as far as the pictures, it was just what I had. I, I had an overwhelming amount of pictures and I went through them at a very bad time. Note to you, note to everyone out there, do not go through picture albums when you're grieving, go through them when you're happy, mm-hmm. you know, don't throw things away because they hurt too much to look at. Wait, just put them in a box, put them under your sink, put them in the garage and forget about them until you can look at them without such a heavy heart. Cause I believe I do not remember but I believe I threw away a lot of photos. So the ones that I have were the ones that I, that either we had scanned after my dad's death or that I had in a box that I hadn't thrown away. And I could have done more, but I didn't want to photos in books are tough. They're, they're expensive. Yeah. They're tricky and they're expensive, but I thought they did a really good job in the placement of the photos. I thought they did too, because it kind of showed, it gave us the visuals of it. So they were well-placed and the stories were placed throughout the book well as well from your contributors because, so this just kind of helped bring how he influenced people and his, like you said, his charts and his numerology and things. And that was, that was really great. So, well, thank you for the, I really appreciate you sharing this. I mean, what a great journey and a very emotional one. It must have been in some ways difficult because it's not like you had like this journal that you could go through and just read and say, oh, I'll pick this story and this story. You're pulling this from your memories, from talking with your brother. You know, I mean, I'm sure if you thought about growing up, I'm sure there are stories that instantly pop to your mind. Yes, absolutely. You can like, you know, you could you could write about those immediately. So it's it's more of a matter of tapping into those instantaneous memories and then digging a little more and a little more and a little more. And it it, it gets to the point where you sit down, you open the document and you go, okay, okay, spirit, what am I talking about today? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. As we get ready to kind of close down, what do you hope that readers will take away from this about your brother and about his impact on the world of not only Wicca, because I think he's beyond Wicca, Although that was a big part of his life, wasn't it? I mean, you mentioned that, but I think he has probably influenced people beyond that. So um, what are some things that you hope readers will take away from? I hope that they understand that he was a kind man, that he valued privacy. He also did his best to accord dignity and to everyone. He, he was a good soul. He was a good soul. That's amazing. If that's what we leave with people, what a great legacy is that yeah. we're good, good soul. Thanks for sharing that with us and for your experience with that. I mean, it was great to learn a little bit about you as well, Christine. I mean, there's a lot of you in that as well as <laughs> him and your, your brother and your parents. What a delightful joy that this book is for us to be able to share in with you. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the program. Is there anything else you'd like to maybe share? How can people find you on socials or those types of things? And we'll put a lot of these things in the notes as well. Uh, My romance writing website is christine-ashworth.com. Well, talk about a little bit about that. Let's let's focus on you, your romance writing. Um, You just went to a big conference and how was that? It went very well. Um, I, there's, 
a, a publisher who's interested in acquiring some books for me. So I'm excited to dive back into writing again. It's I haven't written fiction since 2020. Well, that's not true. I wrote a short story that came out in April, but uh, I'm really looking forward to getting this new series up and running. It's paranormal. It's witchy. Mm. It's um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm having a blast. That's super fun writing, getting things going. That's great. And uh, otherwise, you know, when can we expect the book out? September, <laughs> I think. Yes. Yes. The book is, is supposed to hit the warehouse in August, which means it'll come out in September. September. Early, I believe it's early September 5th or 6th. I am going to try to do a uh, an online release party. I don't know. Oh, and you can find me on Facebook at Christine Ashworth. Yeah author i think the more the merrier absolutely and i'll be posting there when i do the online party super that will be a lot of fun yeah um, i hope so <laughs> well thanks so much for joining us and uh good success on everything that you're doing with your all of your writings and with this book in particular again the book is the path taken honoring the life and legacy of a wiccan trail blazer about scott cunningham and uh really appreciate you taking the opportunity to join us thank you so much for having me it's been a blast thank you for listening please have a look at the show notes for links and well notes podcast is available from podbean itunes spotify stitcher google play and other podcast catchers Feedback and reviews are greatly appreciated. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at @weirdgifts1 and on Facebook at, at Gifts of the Weird. And email me at giftsoftheweird.com. Thanks and have a great day.